You're listening to the First Fight Podcast, home of the people and stories behind the fight. I'm Jennifer Anderson, the host and creator. My goal is to give you a peek into the remarkable world of fighting and create a platform for fighters to tell their stories. In each episode of this series, a different fighter shares a transformative story of their first time. Welcome back to the first fight series. I know we've been on a little hiatus, but we're back in 2021 with some new episodes and interviews. And actually, we're going to start adding some new special episodes with people who are in the industry, not necessarily fighters. And we're going to get their perspective on things and hear some interesting stories as well. So today, we're going to kick off one of these special episodes with Steve Rivera. Steve is the owner and coach at Elite Wrestling, and he is also a longtime friend and wrestling coach of Frankie Edgar. Now, we've all heard Frankie's first fight story, and Steve was actually there, and we're going to get his perspective on Frankie's first fight and just hear some of his ideas about the industry and thoughts on Frankie as a person and a fighter as well. So this is actually one of my favorite episodes so far. Steve is a very passionate guy and has a really interesting perspective on things, so I hope you enjoy. Steve Rivera, thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate it. You want to just introduce yourself? Tell me how you and Frankie met. Sure. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me today, too. Um, Yeah, Steve Rivera. I'm uh, the owner of Elite Wrestling and... My existence with Frankie Edgar started a long time ago. At this point, we're almost at, like, uh, he was 13, and I think he's almost 40 now, so we're, we're shooting over 20 years. Easy. Um, but we ran into each other at the Toms River Wrestling Club. I was, at that time, the coach of the Toms River Wrestling Club, and Frankie was in seventh grade starting his wrestling journey, and I met him there. And I was a coach of that team for seven years, so we had quite a time together. And in that time... Our, our friendship developed into what it is today, a brother, a brothership, I would say. And, um, and, and, and moving forward from there, obviously, you know, I was teaching him wrestling, trying to help him, guide him. He was a crazy high school kid. Um, his mom was doing her best as a, a divorcee and uh, recently married with Frank, but, uh, yeah, doing her best to raise this wild child, and uh, me coming into his life, it was 7th, 8th grade. The first couple of years were real simple and nothing that I even remember, but then once high school hit, man, Frankie Edgar came alive, <laughs> and, uh, and from there on, you know, the journey's been nothing but epic. Um, you know, we go through the high school career, he does a great job, he wins a lot of matches, um, district, region titles. Obviously, our goal is state title. He comes up short. He takes a second and a fifth. Um, yeah, those, those. I want to tell you, those second and fifths were probably the fire that we still see today. Um, from there, he went on to college. He did a great job there. At the same time, started developing into the man we know today. Um, in college, he was a four-time NCAA qualifier, PSAC champ three times or so, and uh, yeah, 
college career ends, he feels like he's not completed. I'm now running elite wrestling uh, for years at that point by the time he comes back. But he comes back and says, I want to get into the fighting game. I'm like, all right. And with us, we don't just dive into things, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we got to make sure we're doing things right. So I'm friends with Billy Scott. You know, I've known him my whole life, wrestlers in town. Billy owns an MMA play, or jiu-jitsu place. So I call Billy up and say, hey, man, we're going to get into this. Can we come over there? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like, sure, come on over. So we come over there and all that. And, and Frankie starts his journey from there. He works his way to Ricardo, I guess. And, you know, we start working on coaches. At the same time, we get Mark. And... All these things are the future of what you guys see today. But let's precede that. We know nothing about fighting. We know nothing about anything other than, yo, there's a smoker fight in New York. <laughs> you want to give it a go? And Frankie's been fighting at Rhino at this point, which is a Rhino fight team. It's not anything that's around today. But he's just getting in there. He meets Chris Liguri and some of the guys. And, you know, first opportunity gets thrown out. And Frankie's like, hell yeah, let's do this. So... He trains, obviously, and this is before we even, MMA's kind of new, you know, and all that stuff, so he doesn't really, I want to say he's just a street fighter, man. He's just a wrestler that's a street fighter at the time with many rounds done in Seaside Heights beating up North Jersey kids. <laughs> all right? I said he's lucky he found this career because... Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Perfect fit. <laughs> it was a perfect fit, and that's what I tell people. Some people are born fighters. Frankie Edgar was a born a fighter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, with that... Like I was saying before, I remember a lot of things about that day, but some is like the the quiet journey in the car to the Bronx. I remember being on that highway on the back of Manhattan coming around and, you know, it's starting to get rougher and rougher as far as the outside environment and them telling us we're getting closer to our fight site. And I'm like, man, where the hell are we going to fight? And, uh, you know, I, I... I'm not accustomed to the fight game at this point. I mean, Frankie's really the first guy that really brought me into the way this kind of stuff goes. So we drive into the Bronx and, you know, it's not a pretty part of town at all. And we just like pull over and you you literally see like uh, an awning outside this building. And it's, it's spray painted and it's Jerome's gym or Jethro's gym. And, and you're like, Frankie's like, there it is. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, in there. So we walk in this place. Now, you walk in, and it, it, it's sizable. It's not like a little place. It, it had two big rings in it, you know, and then bleachers on the side. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a center area where people were, like, getting their hands taped. So everything was out in front and stuff. And uh, I'm just amazed at first that this is allowed and. Obviously it wasn't, but, <laughs> but, but the fact that it's going down and I'm like, wow, this is just amazing. And we went up there with a posse. Frankie always has, you know, his group of friends that support him. So, I mean, there's a huge group of us up there, including his pop, Frank. And, uh, man, we go in this thing and it, you know, that the fights are settling. You're seeing how they're matchmaking. There's matchmaking going on in the audience that day. You know, there's people walking in saying, I'll fight. And this guy's like, oh, this guy didn't make weight. I'll fight him. And you're like, what? All right, cool. This is going to be crazy. People walking in with 12-packs, sitting down in the bleachers, blood stains all over the, the, the uh, canvases, like never washed. Uh, walls, all just like... Just what you would think when someone calls a smoker fight. You, it was everything that now that I know, 20 years in the gig, you're just like, 
man, this that that was Frankie lived the perfect situation there because it was textbook smoker fight. <laughs> All right. So now we get into this. Uh, let's get into the fight. A couple of things that come to mind. One is that to just show you the fight environment there. You had guys that were coming out, and you know you show gloves, and most guys touch gloves, and then you start to fight. Well, in this card, there was a gentleman that went out there and put his glove to hit the other guy's glove. And the other guy chose not to hit his glove, but to punch him in the face (laughs) and clearly knocks him out cold right there and says, hey, there's no rule saying I had to touch his glove. And then that's how we knew we were going to have a hell of a day. And uh, sure enough... You know, they, they have the fight, so let's set the environment a little. you got the bleachers on the side. You have an, uh, a ring, a boxing ring that's, like, close to the wall, but you can't touch the wall, but it's right behind it. And then there's another one right in front of it, which all of us, we jump on. So we're, like, on the other ring looking into the ring right next to it, like, leaning off the ropes and shit. And you have all the people around it, and... Let's start this. And Frankie gets out there. And this kid, Eric, I mean, Eric was like a to-do guy at the time, man. Like, we had heard of him. He was known for doing these undergrounds. He was like, I don't even think he had losses at this point, you know? And Frankie's like, yeah, I I got this. He goes out there, and sure enough, he thinks it's going to be like a normal little professional fight. And this dude comes out and just, like, knees him in the face, (laughs) like, off of a clinch. And you see Frankie just light up, like, oh, wow, like, this is how it's going. And man, (laughs) no problem. problem. Between the headbutts and the takedowns and the elbows, I mean, this, and we're just like hanging over his dad. We're holding each other back. It was just sheer mayhem for that two rounds of just craziness. And I want to say, like, that was the day that I, as a friend of Frankie Edgar's, could say he arrived. Because that day when he got hit in the face, you could see, and now that I know what I know, you watch guys get hit in the face and you could see them question if this is what they want to do. There was no doubt in Frankie Edgar's face when he took that knee that this is what he wanted to do. And he wanted you to pay for that knee and he was going to show you how he was going to do that. Which was just a blessing in my part to watch that of him. Um... So then the fight goes on, you know, he wins the, he, he beats Eric and all that. And then we watch the rest of the card, you know, they pick up some beers. You're allowed to sit and drink in there. We're sitting on the buddy canvases, watching, talking. And, you know, we go to go eat afterwards, Frankie, myself, and we are, we're meeting the other people there. And there's like several of us in the car, like I said, driving up. And we're going, and he's, you know, touching his face and nothing. How you feeling? I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, my face just sounds, I don't know. All right. So then we get in this restaurant, and we go to the bathroom. And Frankie's like, my nose, man. Check this out, right? And he grabs his nose, and he blows it. And as he literally blows it right in front of my face, he just pushes out. I watch his eyelid grow. And he had no facial, expo- like, a... Uh, uh, swelling. He was fine. And when he did that, all of a sudden, this bubble on his eye, like his eye drooped. It got blown up and then it got heavy and fell over his eye. I'm like, holy, and him too. We're both in the mirror. And he, we're both like, holy shit. Like, what the hell's going on here? We've never been in fight games. We don't know about facial yeah. broken bones and how it happens. So now he blew enough where his eye blew up and he has an air pocket sitting like, 
right above his eye, but on his side of his head. I know this sounds crazy, folks, but this is how it was. <laughs> he has this bubble there, and, and you literally see it on his skull. But now we have to go sit down. He has a crew cut, so you can kind of see it. And his mom's there and shit, and we're going to sit down. So he starts pushing his forehead and that air bubble back down behind his freaking ear. So he's pushing it, trying to streamline it. And I'm like inside, like, oh my God, what is going on here? Like, I've never seen this or nothing. We're calling, we're Googling stuff. We're doing Google's doctor stuff. And and sure enough, Mrs. Ponerero is one of our guy or women of a parent of a one of the guys that trains with us. And we in the, 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 the trauma of all this, she, you know, some guys are taking Google guesses and some guys are doing this, that. And Debbie's like, I think he broke his, his facial bone and the air leaked out. He'll, he should be all right. Like, cause we're wondering if we should go to dinner and stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? And sure enough, that was the case where he broke his cheekbone and the air that came out here to his eye, he pressed, he was just pressing in like a sub surface of our skin, which the doctor couldn't get the air out. He literally had to wait days, more like a week, for it to just seep through his pores and empty out. So to tell you that was a traumatic moment in our fight career to start it is an understatement. I I was beside myself. I'll be honest. When I saw that happen, I had never seen something like that before. But I could also tell you ever since then, Whenever, like, guys fight and stuff, we know not to tell them to blow their yeah. nose and stuff, you, you learned know? That we learned that <laughs> lesson. But, wow, what an experience of that. That was, like, one of the most amazing fight experiences that I've had in our existence to this day, yeah. to be honest with you. One other one, which I'll share, that Frankie probably doesn't know, or he does know because it was his face. But one of his stitches, he, he one of his fights, he got a real bad tear. And the doctor... The doctor was from the UFC, really cool guy. And he let me stay with my camera and film everything. And, like, you watch Frankie. Like I said, I just watched him get his face broken. And he doesn't even flinch to that. But a lot of people don't realize the, the damage these guys take in a fight. When they come to the press conference, they're all sewn up and shit. And you guys don't see what it really takes. Frankie Edgar in this fight, this dude has crazy cuts. This doctor lets me film it. The needles... That this dude was eating that day or just the craziest stuff I've ever seen. And him not flinching as this doctor stabbing him. And then as the doctor's pulling his skin down and he's more pissed that we lost or tied that fight. It was he was traumatized by that part. I, I think the guy could have cut his head off and sewn it back on and he wouldn't have had an issue with it. But this I put it on YouTube. It's on there. So if you guys ever go look, you could go put it there. The, the music got taken off. I used the tool song, which was awesome with it, but it didn't last long because of a licensing. But it's on there, and it's got like hundreds of thousands of hits. And you'll see what I'm talking about with Frankie and what we're dealing with toughness. So yeah, I thank you, Frankie Edgar, for your toughness. He's taught me much. <laughs> so leading into that first fight, were you nervous for him? Like, like we were, we were more excited. It was more of an excitement back then because you didn't know. You didn't know what could really go wrong. You know what I mean? So I want to say in the beginning when we, he was into the beginning, it was always excitement. You know, I would say it even to this day for me when I show up in Fight Island, it's still about excitement for him because there's enough people that have to worry. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How, um, 
you know, being a wrestling coach, how did you adjust your approach for MMA? It's real funny you say that because honestly, I don't think I had to adjust anything. Frankie's first thing he wanted to prove that he wasn't a wrestler, right? So mm-hmm. when he got to the fight game, he was instantly wanting to be the boxer. Mm-hmm. So he instantly kind of shunned the wrestling because he, he always wrestles. So that's what we do, you know, he always wrestles. But he spent so much time boxing and pushing for that 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 kind of just dictate the type of fighter we were going to be. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to... He changed the fight game in boxing, if you remember. A lot of people won't remember this, but I've been around long enough to know before Sean Shirk, at that weight class, boxing was a forward and backwards type of event. Mm-hmm. When Frankie Edgar came in, we were coming forward. We were going backwards. We were going side to side. We were beeping. We were bobbing. Mm-hmm. All right? And with that, you know, first he, 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 he dismantled Sean... And then from there, we watched the progression of his hands. But then we saw the fight game catch up to the hands, and then wrestling's the separation again, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was all those things. I feel like Frankie pushed the envelope of boxing, and then everybody chased that, and mm-hmm. then it forced him to get back to wrestling, mm-hmm. you know? And I want to say today, I am more involved in the wrestling than I probably was in the first whatever. Not that I wasn't there or that we weren't there, yeah. but we were doing, we were developing on his boxing and his jujitsu. And now today you see the combination of all yeah. of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and me knowing that it took all of those, I, we had so many hours wrestling already and reps of wrestling already that it was really transitioning from being able to throw punches that Mark's teaching them mm-hmm. to those attacks. Yeah. And that was where we were spending our wrestling time with Espo, myself, and other wrestling guys that could help us take Mark's transitions from his punching to his attacks. And Mark being amazing at it as well. Yeah. So what do you feel Frankie needs from you, like, as an athlete in the coach relationship? I can tell you, like, honestly, in our relationship, it's so much not about wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I was just... That's why I asked that. Yeah, it's not. Like, I I would say my biggest wrestling role in the Edgar's house today is Santino and Francesco, you know? And even Valentina for her jiu-jitsu, you know what I mean? (laughs) But um, for Frankie, like, I tell Renee, especially since the COVID, you know... I feel like a lot more of my responsibility is to be that family figure because everybody else there is family. Don't we're all family, but their priorities should be set a little bit different since they're there to make Frankie's living together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, I'd rather them not have to worry about a Frankie Ada or this or yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and worry that his left one than two is right. You know what I mean? So I feel like my and Renee not being there now puts more to me. And that, yeah. the biggest thing of it all, which I would say, and I even tell him, isn't that I got to look at Renee. Because Renee and I, we could talk. Mm-hmm. It's looking at your children. Mm-hmm. I got to come home and be able to look at Santino and Francesco and Valentina mm-hmm. and be able to tell them if anything ever went wrong that I did everything right to make it right. And that will be the decision that I will make based on that love for your family, mm-hmm. not your fighting. And that's an amazing thing to have in a coach. And people around you, especially at his point in his career, Absolutely. he's... You know, it's a well-oiled machine by now. Yeah. You don't need to be jumping and making changes unless it's something, you know, that stands out. But I think your value as, like, being something stable and protective of him, and, you know, making sure, like, having good people around you is the best thing and you can have. And he's so good at that. He's amazing yeah. at having great people around him. It's, it, it's, and not just it's yes an earned men. trust that you only get over time mm-hmm. with Frankie Edgar. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't realize, you know, like... Frankie's a real friendly guy and he wears his heart on his sleeve and stuff Mm -hmm. and all that but he he doesn't trust a lot 
you know, like it's hard to get that in him. And I feel our relationship has that. And mm. that is what I go on. Like I go on that trust, like at night at the hospital, I'm the guy that goes there knowing that I might not be able to go in the hospital with you. I'll make sure you get in there and then they're going to kick me out. Mm-hmm. But I know you're going to make sure I get home. Somehow from inside that hospital, you're going to look out for me just like I looked out for you. Yeah. And, and sure enough, we were over wherever the hell we just were. And sure enough, we couldn't all go to the hospital. The COVID, they had to leave. I stay. I get left there at the hotel. I've been locked out of the hospital. He's inside the hospital. And sure enough, he handled something where the UFC came back to get me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's that me having his back and him having my back for all these years that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's way beyond fighting and wrestling by far. Oh, yeah. and, and, and honestly, in your lifetime, you're just... As I get older, it's a blessing to know you have friendships like this in yeah. your life, right? Because there's some people that don't have them. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm fortunate enough to have one or two or three. You know what I mean? The thing about I love about fighting is that you're in the trenches with someone. You know, you really, it progresses your relationship a lot faster than anything. Because you're in real life moments that a lot of people don't experience, you and, know. And value. So yeah. those life moments, they only get 20 minutes, 25 minutes of that value or 15 minutes of that value, you know, mm-hmm. all that work, all that time, all those sacrifices, all that shit they do, all the people shit are doing around them, you know, mm-hmm. and then they only get 25 minutes to do it if it's a, a five rounder or they get 15 minutes to do it, you know, I just feel like there's so much given for those things and the people around given for those things and everything that that takes to experience mm-hmm. those 15 or 25 minutes is like you say, one of the amazing experience in your life. Mm-hmm. especially when they leave it all out there like our guys do yeah and uh, you know you don't that's why I do this because I like telling the stories behind it mm-hmm. and it's more than the 1% that you see on, you know under the lights it's those moments backstage after a loss you know yeah, like, I'll give, you, one, I'll give you a story that like another one that Frankie wasn't there for but he's in the octagon for yeah and this is why my statement before matters now because we were at a fight a couple ago that we lost, and I'm sitting on the floor with Renee, and Santino standing behind it with, with behind us with his arm around me and his arm around Renee, and um, we, me and Renee know we lost, but we can't say nothing because Tino's standing there with such pride for his dad, and they go through the card count, and. He recognized, like me and Renee knew, but he recognizes his dad loses. And he just like releases off of me and just falls into his mom. And that's where I just feel like not enough people realize what really goes into these fights. It isn't just Frankie going to the gym or Renee cooking dinner. It's like what the kids see, what his daughter sees, what his friends see, his mom and dad, you know, when he's getting punched in the face like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's those things that why I cherish the moments. Mm-hmm. It's why I cherish the moments and, and, and appreciate the friendships that I've found through this wrestling that have progressed into Frankie's fighting, some is police work, some is army guys, some are marine guys, some are corporate America guys. You know, the, the, the friendships that I've been able to develop through these sports. And as you could tell, they, they, they're deep in me, man, because yeah. I truly care about these guys and what they do and how they do it. Mm-hmm. Well, they're lucky to have someone like you around them because this, you know, being in this business, not 
not a lot of people are looking out for you, you know? No, and, they just want your money. Yeah, and I've been there, like, my husband getting knocked out, and I see how it works backstage. Right. They, they just want you to be good enough to compete more, you know? <laughs> they don't really care, and that's why I've always been very tough when advocating for him because they're not always okay with they just want to fight they want to say whatever they have to say to fight you know and make you and, feel like you want to fight yeah because there's plenty of guys who leave that octagon that don't want to fight no more mm-hmm. you know and you hear that all the time i, I that's why like people I, I, these young guys i i just I, I wish they would give more value to the older guys in the sense of what they've already accomplished and don't belittle it like i'm gonna kill everyone because it takes a lot of work to be that person and, mm-hmm. and, and, and no one's telling you you're not going to do that, but respect the guys that have done it and, 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 and proven that it doesn't happen overnight for most guys, mm-hmm. unless you're Conor McGregor mm-hmm. or, you know, that special guy. So I, I hope as that I leave this game that I can share that more with the younger guys and as they try to belittle my legendary friend Frankie Edgar, you know what I mean? Because he's the old guy, but... He's the old guy that's competing with young guys, beating young guys. He's gone through three weight classes mm-hmm. now that he'll be fighting for his third weight class title in the next two years. And to hear anyone degrade or minimize that fucking career mm-hmm. is just ignorance. And I hope to educate people so they can stop thinking these old guys are old and, and realize that if they couldn't do it, they wouldn't be in there. Like, it's no. just not, it's not a sport like that. You don't get he to can, pretend. He can compete still. Yeah. And I, I don't feel like it's just him. There's so yeah. many of these guys. Yeah. There is so many of these guys, you know? It's not just Frankie at all. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them out there. So, yeah. And as the sport's evolving, you know, you're seeing it. The, 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 the guys are younger, yeah, but the good guys are still in that 30 age range, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, that's peak, I think. I agree. Men, anyways. 31. 32-ish, yeah. yeah. And now the freak athletes getting you to 35 and the 40 being your new 30s and all that crap. You know, let's be <laughs> honest. When Randy Couture was at, at this age, they were like, oh my God, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Now there's like five guys there and they don't say shit about it. You know what I mean? You know, this reminds me of um, Glover, how he's doing. Right. Like he's really showing that experience has a lot of value 100%. and he's utilizing it in in areas where he can't, be better physically or faster he can compensate with his experience so and i think max has given a great example of that how oh my gosh with his, yeah with his, com- with his comments lately you know and I, it, everybody always talked about it but now actually people are publishing it so that's gonna help yeah because people always say that we well, i've heard it for years that you don't need to spoil the time you know mm-hmm. and then they hear the world champs coming out and you know high level guys like that that's gonna hopefully change well, some boxing guys yeah i mean this sport is so young that it's still evolving and I, we're still learning how to train properly and, you know, looking back at like Militich and all those, you know, how yeah. they used to do things. And just think and, of Militich. Like, look at how they owed the world. I remember Frankie and Chris flying out there and, 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 and training with those guys for a week at a time, you know? I remember, yeah, like, that's what I mean. The sports come so far and, and these guys have gone through those stages, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and just think of the Militich Army back in the day. Look at that fight team at the time. I mean, when Frankie was going out there, it was just amazing. Everybody was there, mm-hmm. you know? So I just feel like that, and now with Ali being who he is, these guys have access to, like, the mm-hmm. best guys in the world. You know what I mean? At any weight class, pretty much. So 
I guess to finish up, what would you say is your biggest lesson that you've learned being his coach? There's a lot of lessons that I learned from all these guys, to be honest. Frankie, he's not a lesson teacher through words. He's a lesson teacher through actions, through, like, Mm -hmm. consistency. Frankie Mm -hmm. Edgar teaches me that consistency. You know, I feel like we're both like that, not to take anything away from him, but, like, he's always given me this pedestal, like, you're 51, look at you, man, I hope I can do what you do. And I'm thinking, shit, I wish I did what you did when I was your age. But, <laughs> but, but at this point, you know, these values that we grew up in the older day, I feel he grew up with in his house. His parents put me around him early enough. I've been around this kid since he's 13. He's 40 years old now. I'm 52, you know, 52 mm-hmm. this year. I mean, we've been... We've been together a real long time, and I feel like like I try to teach guys, trainers today, we're not here to direct these young men. We're here to guide them. Mm-hmm. Let them make choices, live and learn off those, Detroit, those choices, just like we did. If we're going to direct them and not let them make those choices or wrong choices, then they're not going to learn the lessons that we learned, mm-hmm. right? So with Frankie Yeager, I feel like a lot of those lessons are examples that he lives. Loyalty, consistency hard work, sacrifice, discipline, right? Those would be the five that lessons that I consider he's a good poster child for that I get to watch consistently. Mm-hmm. But as a dad, you know, you take those things. And I used to feel like those were my five best traits. And now as a dad, I, I see that like me trying to communicate better would go over sacrifices that I'm willing to make for mm-hmm. wrestling, you know, like, so as I watch this next phase of Frankie Edgar, I'm looking forward to watching those five values morph mm-hmm. into the next phase of his life mm-hmm. and those examples and lessons he'll teach me there because he's like, a Frankie's a rarity, you know, he's mm-hmm. a, he's a very special athlete. I'm around amazing athletes and he's definitely a special athlete and those the things he's done so far not many people can do which is staying real and be world famous that alone just is mm-hmm. an amazing thing about him you know what i mean mm-hmm. so so going forward i hope the lessons he shows me is how to be a a better husband and a better dad and all the new ways that the younger generation is going to do that versus mm-hmm. the way I do it now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to the rest of our journey together, to be honest with you. Like I, the damage and things we always talk about, you know, those stories will be legendary forever in our <laughs> sit downs, you know? And, uh, yeah. And, 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 and there's only so many friendships in your life that you cherish and his is, his is definitely one of them. In life in general, but especially in this, in this field, God, you yeah. need that. And that is a priceless thing to have. It, and I think it contributes to his longevity. You know, if you have good people around you, helping you make good decisions in your career, he's been he's been able to continue on, you know. Yeah. A lot of, I see a lot of people crash and burn that have a lot of potential because they don't have good people around them or right. – or, Yes, men around him, you know, people that aren't going to keep him in check. So he's well, lucky to have you. And Jersey, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's one you've learned from Wisconsin. In New Jersey, they're going to let you know. Even yeah. You don't want to hear it. Exactly. So but, he, I mean, he's definitely a leader on the team. And right. I, uh, this is the type of interview and stories that I love because 
it shows the connections that people have behind it all. And and to add to that, in your better half, you know, like I, I I had the experience to go with Frankie to the top, and then my wife was cool enough to actually let me go. Mm-hmm. So like I went there and I slept there for weeks, you know, and yeah. to watch the interaction of your Corey mm-hmm. and Mark Henry, like if you if we could have like at like, the beginning, oh and my that's God. interesting, <laughs> yeah, right. So between the interesting of it, but like Mark knowing, seeing the talent, mm-hmm. and like and then they're like the way they just would find each other and watching that build, and then like Frankie just being the team leader that he is yeah. and the way he handled that there and. And, and, and we're fighting legendary BJ Penn and the way the class was. Like, we were really classy as teams, you know? Mm-hmm. It was probably boring to everyone, but there was no drama, no bullshit. We were there to fight, you know what I mean? There wasn't shit going well, on. Well, it couldn't have rooms. been a better coach for Corey to have, you know, being the type of person he is. Absolutely. He really looks up to Frankie and yeah. emulates his, you know, he's Work a blueprint, yeah. you know? Yeah, 100%. And that's where Corey fit in so well with yeah. us is that he, with those five values I just mentioned in Frankie, Mm-hmm. Corey carries the same ones, and you could add a little extra Jesus in there on the Corey side. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, um, I, yeah. So, like, just that, like, watching that, and now watching Corey come in as raw as he was, and now, how long are we in now? Like eight years? How long is it? Mm, maybe six. All right. Yeah. So, just to watch that evolution of that young kid there to the married dad I see today, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And what things haven't changed? Those five things mm-hmm. that I mentioned about Frankie. Because that's what it takes to be great. Yeah. And he's, like I said, lucky to be around all these guys. I have no shortage of content, of inspiration, and you know, great connections that everyone has here. It's legit. I've been other places. It's not the same. I can't believe I've clumped up on you, Frankie Egger. <laughs> Telling a story about your son. That that hurts me. (laughs) Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on. I really, this is actually the first time I've done this, like, have a different perspective, and I'm going to do more because it. It's I neat, love right? seeing that. It was neat. And it's great to, like, for us guys that are on the outside, it's just great to talk about the people we love. You know yeah. what I mean? And what we're loving to do. Awesome. Like, for me, it's just, like, great to talk about Frankie and then the Corys and the experiences we have and, like, like having pizza at the fighter house at mm-hmm. on tough, like going there and watching Corey like be a team house leader in there mm-hmm. when there was so much ego in that house and him do it with like class and poise and not be like some of the other guys were, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and then see him today and then see who the, the lady he ends up with. I mean, it's just all, it's just all great stuff, you know? So it's great that you can go out and document it. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks again, Steve. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Steve Rivera for coming on the show. Like I said, he's one of my favorite episodes so far. He's super passionate, and I love his perspective on Frankie's first fight. And you can actually go back to Frankie's episode and listen to it if you haven't yet. It's fun listening to them back-to-back to get different points of view of the same story. And stay tuned for next week's guest will be announcing on Tuesday. In the meantime, you can follow The First Fight on Instagram. That's our Instagram account to stay up to date on everything. And you can also check out our website, firstfightpodcast.com, to check all our previous episodes and get a little background on why we do what we do. And we will see you next week. 